Welcome back, 603 family, to another episode of Studio 603. I am here in beautiful Wells Caldwell, New Jersey, with my very good friend, Jennifer Wobbles. Say hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. So this has been a long time coming. Jen and I have been talking about podcasting for a while. It's just been a matter of settling on the topic and, uh, you know, having time together to sit down and chat. So Jen is a mother of uh, two amazing daughters and wife of uh, an amazing man, (laughs) Chris. Uh, And she, I guess to get a little bit of history, we're currently sitting in uh, Jen and Chris's house. And I used to live here, how many years ago? Uh, six years ago, because oh, you moved gosh. in when Imogen was only a few weeks old. I moved in when Imogen, the youngest, was the size of a Chipotle burrito. And now she's big. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger. Uh, yeah, so I lived with Chris and Jen for uh, a while on a futon in their basement. It was a great time, and we've been very close ever since. Uh, So, anyways, so here we are, and I think the topic of today is going to be vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I think, I think Jen was my entree into vulnerability prior to talking to Jen, it was not something that I had ever really thought about. So, uh, and it's been something that's been on my mind and in my conversations, especially the last couple of weeks and months. So what better than to return to the source? <laughs> uh, so Jen, do you want to share a few, just a few thoughts either, um, about yourself or you can just jump into sharing a few thoughts about vulnerability. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember how I got introduced to the topic of vulnerability. Um, Because I'm... It was either Karen or Brene Brown. One or the other. (laughs) I don't know. They probably somehow... They're intertwined a little bit, too. Um, Same time period. I remember talking to Karen a lot about that. Um, But it might have been because I was reading Brene Brown, too. Um, Yeah, so... I think... Really, when I started reading Brene Brown's work is really when I got more more interested in it and kind of delved deeper into that. And um, I think reading Brene's work made me realize that that was already something that I had been doing in my life and really was important to me. Um, like authenticity is really important to me. So part of being authentic with people is allowing yourself to be vulnerable Um, and sort of realizing that you can't truly be known or even loved by somebody if you can't be vulnerable with Mm. them and really open up. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brene Brown, uh, I guess like, uh, defining people in terms as we encounter them. 
Brene Brown is a, I guess her technical title is like a vulnerability researcher. I think it started with shame. She started with okay. shame research yeah. and then that led her to vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jen has actually taken one of Brene Brown's course, online courses. Yeah, an online yeah, yeah it was way like a, back in the day, like it was probably one of her first ones she did with um, the gifts of imperfect, yeah, the gifts of imperfection, mm, mm. which was one of it wasn't her first book, but was it? It was early on. So, so what have you learned about vulnerability uh, once you kind of wrapped your mind around like the term, or like you encountered it in Brene's book? Like, what have you been learning about vulnerability since you've? Um, since you're now like a certified vulnerability person from like the course, <laughs> like not really, <laughs> it's more like self-help than anything else. Um, what have I learned? <laughs> it's, it's become such a, like just a, an integral part of myself that I don't even like think about it as much anymore than as I used to. Um, it's just kind of become part of like my way of living and being open, kind of an open book in general mm. um but i the part that i'm sort of still working on is how to invite other people into that space um because for me i think vulnerability becomes naturally and i know it's really hard for a lot of people but i um i think i've always really sought to be known and to kind of have that authenticity and to share And I think early on in my life, I realized that the more I shared with people, the more they felt comfortable sharing with me. Um, Mm. I'm really bad at thinking of good questions to ask people. I have friends in my life that are amazing at asking really good questions. And I I want to go deep with people, but I'm really bad at thinking of the questions. Um, So my kind of in with people was always to like share part of my life Mm. with them. Um, And then in turn, that gives them permission to open up as well. Um, so that's kind of been my approach to relationships in general. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that like there's a, I mean, I guess this is an obvious question, but there's an inherent risk with vulnerability. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm going to show, like show you this really like, uh, jaded or like imperfect or, or like weird part of my life or my past, like Mm -hmm. there's a risk like you can take that and, uh, just like drop it and shatter it or be like laugh it off or yeah like not share something back or you know there's a lot of possible situations of me being vulnerable that don't end well that end yeah. in like being shut out yeah like I don't know how do you like how do you deal with like the risk aspect of vulnerability when you're when that's how you kind of connect with mm. people is like sharing part of your story yeah um, I think for a long time it was just getting hurt repeatedly I think that mm. happened a lot <laughs> Um, and that really kind of created the sense of, um, of being inherently flawed. Like for a long time, I just, Mm. even still, it still comes up. It's definitely something I still struggle with. Um, but it's getting easier to kind of manage and to deal with. But yeah, I really kind of believe that there was something, an aspect of me that just was unlovable because of, um, opening up repeatedly to people and kind of having people not be able to really handle that. Mm. Um, and as I get older now, I realize it's more just people, you're kind of meeting people where they are. So, um, not everybody can handle, uh, you know, information or, you know, sometimes things are just too 
much, you know, emotionally for them or they're going through their own stuff and it just mm. hits too close to home or so, so when it comes to vulnerability, like how, how much of it is like you've kind of polished the story of something that's hard that's happened to you mm. or, or something that you've been thinking about and it's been rolling around in your brain or your heart for a while uh, versus like the rawness of it. Like does mm. vulnerability inherently like have to be like a raw thing? Like here's something that is unprocessed and I'm feeling it right now and I don't know how to put words to this, but here it is. Um, right, yeah. Like, is that the epitome of vulnerability or or do you think it's kind of like it's okay to, you know, or it's better to process it? I don't know if that's... Yeah, I mean, that's just going to depend on where you are and what you need, I think, in any given situation. Um, part of it really is trust and how comfortable you are with trusting the person that you're sharing with. Um, and if you have... So at this point in my life, it's a lot easier to be more, more vulnerable um, there's a lot of things in my past that I've just, you know, I've have a polished story about because it's just been a long time and I've had a lot of time to heal and, you know, therapy and, mm. you know, mm. I've gotten used to sharing, you know, some of those things. Um, but I've also found that I've kind of found like my tribe. I kind of have a good group of people, mm. um, that I can count on. So like, I don't necessarily need like a lot of new people to react well when I'm vulnerable um, because I I have my core group of people that I can go, well, I'm still loved, I'm still safe, I'm still yeah. secure, even if somebody reacts poorly. Yeah, so, so you, you, have like a, you have some like built-in safety and resilience around yeah. vulnerability because yeah. you have, it sounds like you have a successful um, rapport of vulnerability with certain people. So those yeah. are the people you kind of return to. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot harder if you don't have that core group. Um, even if yeah. it's one person, like it doesn't mm. need to be a lot of people, but, um, definitely it's a lot scarier when you don't feel like you really have that safe place you can go back to. Mm. Yeah. And I think it seems like vulnerability is kind of like a dance in a way like I I'm not just gonna like fold my entire hand in like the first time that I've met somebody yeah, and say yeah here's, here's, here's everything every, yeah <laughs> it's kind of like uh, well like oh what do you think about this little thing mm -hmm. and they're like and if they're really receptive then it's kind of like okay then not necessarily in that conversation but um you know, as the as a relationship with with people develops, then you know you're you're more encouraged to slowly get it, like kind of like tiptoe your way from the shallow into the deep end of vulnerability. Yeah, yep. Uh, and I think there are times like going back, you sort of had that question about um, you know the polished script or or raw vulnerability, and I think um, you know there really are times when you're really struggling with something and you need to just open up and be raw and share those emotions like as they're happening and it's you know you're still kind of in the state of being um confused or unsure about them or where you're at and you know those times I think you really do need to have a bit of basis of trust um because mm. that's when the mm. risk is kind of the greatest and depending on the situation like that could be really um harmful to share with somebody who hasn't earned some sense of trust although sometimes it's easier to like open up to somebody who's a complete stranger that you've never 
you know, you don't have that. Is yeah. it? It's yeah. a different risk because yeah, that, um, they're that's, outside. That's <laughs> a, like that's the really interesting thing that's blowing my mind lately about vulnerability, is that I've had uh, a lot of conversations, but especially with the ones that I've been doing for the study that I'm currently writing up, mm. which was three young adults who've had um, past experiences with thoughts of wanting to end their life. Mm. And in these conversations, these young adults have told me parts about their life that they haven't told anybody else. And I'm a stranger for some of these people. And I just don't, it's like, what is like, how is this possible that here, here I am on the floor of this yoga studio or here I am on, you know, sitting across from this person who I've, who I barely know. And they're, they're just letting their story kind of shine through. And, um, and it just like, and just in high, like in the moment, there's kind of a flow state about it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I am just fully listening, three dimensional listening, trying to take it in and just appreciate like the sacredness of what's happening. But in hindsight, it's like, Holy smokes. <laughs> I don't know you. Like yeah. you don't you don't know me. Like th- there's this was not a reciprocal like tra- like uh transaction is not the right word, but like I didn't like then forfeit my soul and story. Yeah. So it's yeah. that it's that's part of like something about vulnerability that I don't understand that that complete strangers can enter um that this can kind of happen in unexpected places and people can share things that you weren't ready for them to share, but you just kind of, you know, that, that, that's the other half of the question maybe is, is uh, as somebody's being vulnerable, like what's the best case scenario? Mm-hmm. Um, is it that they immediately like say like, okay, me too. Or they start sharing something vulnerable back mm-hmm. or like, what is it? What's the best case scenario of um, vulnerability or maybe what does vulnerability lead to? Right. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be, like, one best-case scenario because it depends on where you're at with that information. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, so when I was a teenager, I self-injured, and that's easy for me to say now um, and easy for me to share with people because it's in my past. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't really need to... I don't have a need to deal with it. So if I'm sharing it, that is something deeply personal and vulnerable to share with people. And people could judge me differently for having said that. But um, but I'm not dependent on somebody's response to, you know, give me anything or heal me in any way. Mm. Um, so in that instance, you know, if I were to tell somebody, and, you know, I don't usually just like, go around tell you know telling everybody either like that's not something that i'm going like like, hey everybody (laughs) like um i used to cut myself like it's so cool or something i don't know it's not but um you know i would share it to help somebody or to connect with somebody or um yeah or or create kind of this open safe space between me and somebody else whereas if i was going to share something um that I was still feeling or still struggling with, it really, mm. like, the the best outcome would be somebody, um, you know, and maybe I just need to talk about it, maybe I just need somebody to listen, but it's still going to be that, like, level of connection where it's filling a need that I have um, mm. and not just connection, kind of, like, on both sides. You know, you like, you kind of need to 
yeah, like just know that you're not alone or know that there's hope or um, be able to have somebody give you a perspective, a perspective that you don't currently have. And um, mm. yeah, so it's going to be different. So you, t- you talked about um, connect, you mentioned the word connection a few mm. times there. And I think like, as far as the world of Brene goes, she totally like believes that uh, kind of authenticity and action or like vulnerability leads to spaces of connection. Yeah. Uh, and in my experience, I think that is very true. Um, but I've also seen people totally try to share something that's going on and it backfires for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, when, so, uh, Jen has two Siamese cats and a bird and one of the Siamese cats, Winston is currently standing on the Stealing table, my water. drinking <laughs> Jen's water. <laughs> I will no longer be drinking that water. <laughs> um, now he's going for yours. So. Okay, I'm, t- I'm taking it away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris is luring the cat away. Um, yeah, so opposite. We're going opposite to connection. Um, Is that what we're doing? Where were we? Connection. Uh, well, I want to go back to one thing you said earlier about kind of something that's happened in the past or something that you shared um, before, so it's not difficult to share. Mm-hmm. I think p- people view me as somebody who's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I've been talking with my therapist of late and that's one thing I'm really struggling with. Like, I don't think I'm a vulnerable person. Mm. If I do share something, it's like, uh, like a sound bite. Like it's right. something that's very like produced and I've shared it before. Yeah. Um, or I think we, we kind of glazed on this earlier, but there are situations that happen in our lives where we are inherently vulnerable and exposed and people, um, around us swoop in to care and connect yeah. in that vulnerable space. And um, so it's not a voluntary, like, vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And I've had, I've had that happen with multiple sagas of my life. Um, so for me, like, that, like, raw and, like, it's on the tip of my tongue and I'm still trying to figure it out and it's something that I don't, it's like a risk to share. Like mm. I, that's, that's a frontier that's very unknown to me. Yeah. And I want to try to figure out how like to break down those like barriers mm. and like identify the barriers maybe, um, to share like beyond just like the sound bites that are really comfortable to share. Yeah. Do you feel like you know what's going on with yourself enough to have the words to be mm. able to share? Like, are you self-aware Good. enough? <laughs> no, I don't, well, I don't, th- I don't, I don't, th- I think there's potential. I think, um, like, in, in therapy, uh, I talk about, like, skating over this very, like, black, frozen over lake, mm. which, like, I can't ice skate to begin with, but it's kind of like looking down and being able to kind of see that there's stuff going on. Yeah. And like, you know, it's there. I know it's there. And like the ice is a little bit cracky. And if I do kind of end up feeling those things, it's because there's been like a thin patch and I've fallen straight through. Yeah. And it's just like, like jolting and like, I want to get out as soon as possible. Yeah. So just being able to like, 
like drill a hole in there and like, mm-hmm. you know, scoop it out with a measuring spoon or something like yeah. that's what, that's maybe like the self-aware that I need to get to. Um, but I've, I have yet to encounter like any solid professional or friend advice that mm-hmm. has been successful in allowing me to do that. Yeah. So maybe this is where you tell me the advice I need to hear, Jen. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I, there's, I can't give you like a step-by-step, you know, here's the answer to doing that. Um, but I do know that I have like my, some of my inherent qualities are, um, are things that actually would be helpful to you. So... <laughs> This is part of, you know, my growth and self-exploration in the past um, year or so. But um, I am so, I'm a feeling person. Like, I like I have more feelings. Mm. I have a broader depth of feelings <laughs> than most people, which is, like, kind of a new concept to me. Like, I always knew, like, I, you know, had feelings and I can cry easily and that kind of thing. But it's kind of new to me that other people aren't the same. Well, and it's kind of shocking, though, too, like, knowing you for... I guess like a decade now, um, like you always come off as like very even keel. Mm. Um, uh, well, and like, I don't, you know, I feel like over the last like five years, like we've, we've had a very like special bond after like living in your house and, you know, playing with your kids. But, um, yeah, so you, you come off as a very even keel. So I think like you like explaining this and exploring this is like, like oh yeah 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 like you're you're clearly putting some thought into it but sorry continue you feel more than the average bear um yes we can get back to that too I think that's interesting your comment you just said Mm. um but yeah so something that I'm kind of good at is feeling feelings well good and bad at so I can feel feelings and not get stuck with them like I'm pretty good at like at handling emotions um, and finding my way through them. Like, I'm very comfortable with sitting in my emotions. Um, and then that can be the bad side, too. I am very comfortable sitting with my emotions. <laughs> so, like, I can I can get, like, real stuck there and just spend days, like, yeah. where I'm super down. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're not... Um, if you don't keep your thinking in check, then that's when you start going down these, like, dark paths of ruminating on things that aren't real and thinking that people like are against you um Mm. not like you know not like paranoid but like just going you know maybe chris doesn't actually care about me as much as i thought he did or um or you know different things like that you kind of start going down these dark paths of where you stand with people Mm. um or a situation like oh it's doom and gloom everything but if you can learn you know the healthy ways through the emotions you don't get stuck so that's good um, but other people just can't even get to the point where they can allow themselves to feel the feelings. Like they know they need to. Mm. Um, whereas like if I'm having a rough day, I will just like cry and like, it could be like a two minute cry and then I'm done and we move on with the day and it's good. And like mischief managed, it's like, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> we don't need to deal with that issue anymore. Um, whereas other people are so uncomfortable with it that they just thought they're like internalize it and just kind of like shove it all down or try to distract themselves or you know any Jen, kind Jen's of looking way at me right now to she's, avoid she's, it. she's giving me eye contact <laughs> while she's explaining the second group of people 
Um, a lot of, I mean, it's, that's a lot of people are on that side of, of things where they just don't feel comfortable allowing themselves to feel it. And it's actually, um, a much shorter way through to actually let yourself, you know, like if you cut the hole in the ice and go for like a little swim, you know, Mm. that actually, yeah, (laughs) that's actually a much more healthy way to deal with it. And it will get you out of the feelings faster than trying to avoid them Mm. or push them away Mm. or they'll just keep coming back. Like they're not going anywhere unless you deal with them. So, I should be I should be paying you for this like <laughs> chat like this is better a uh, better conversation that I had with my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Wobbles, everybody, she's great. Yeah. Uh, but this is also why you say I'm so even keeled. Like most people would probably say that about me, um, mm. because I can. One, there's not that many people I trust enough to kind of like invite into the really dark places. Um, and two, I'm really good at kind of, like, putting my emotions, like, aside for the moment. It's like, okay, like, you know, um, we can just put that on the shelf for now, and I will just, like, be calm and cool and, um, yeah. Which, like, as a parent, as, like, somebody who's, like, has some level of responsibility for mm-hmm. two other human beings, like, plus Chris, I guess, um, <laughs> like, it seems like you would have to shelf like your like processing and emotions and that like rawness like mm. pretty regularly because of hey like let's color now hey can we go do this hey mm. i need you know like that's yeah. just a constant here yeah um yes and no um <laughs> would be my answer to that there yeah there is um it would be inappropriate to just, like, you know, be where I'm at or go through the emotions I need to go through in front of my kids, especially. Chris can handle it a lot better, although it's taken him a long time <laughs> to kind of figure out how to deal with me and my emotions. But, um, yeah, definitely for my kids, I don't necessarily want to burden them with the depths of my feelings sometimes. <laughs> but on the other hand, I've actually kind of tried to make a conscious effort to not hide it completely from them Mm. um and also you know inappropriate ways for sure but in talking through not talking through but talking about my feelings with them um I think I've helped given them words to explain their own emotions so um my kids will use Mm. really sophisticated words about their feelings um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is really cute <laughs> sometimes they're getting older now so it's not it's more like normal and not so much cute but um you know they'll tell you they're frustrated or they'll tell you they're disappointed or um I don't know they just have a lot of a lot of uh, vocabulary for their feelings which I think has been really healthy and I don't know if we could have done that the same if I couldn't be open about some of my feelings with them <sighs> I was just I was just about to, the follow-up of this was the question, how, how are you vulnerable with your kids? Mm. But I think you just answered it. Yeah. And it sounds like vulnerability with your kids has led to them being able to like feel more grounded in their own struggles, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's just given them tools and it's Mm. by no means are we like perfect in that area. Um, and you know, we've got a long way to go, I think, but, um, 
Yeah, I think it's been really useful to them. Um, I think it's been helpful to be very clear with them about, um, you know, especially if I'm, like, angry or frustrated with them, to be very clear about, like, what is just my feelings and what is, like... You know, I don't want them to feel like, oh, mommy's mad because of me. So it's like, oh, no, like, mommy's mad because she didn't get enough sleep last night. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, maybe I'm hungry or maybe I'm, like, distracted by all the things I have to do. Or I, I can kind of explain it so that it's not on them. Like, I, um... Jen's a great mom, everybody. <laughs> Jen is a fantastic mom. Uh, but, yeah, being able to apologize to them if I misdirect my emotions towards them sometimes and... It's, yeah, you can have a lot healthier conversations with them, you know, because of it. And, yeah, I don't know, it's been really interesting dealing with little people and, and their feelings. Mm. And you guys, um, we had this conversation the other night, but um, one of the things I've been especially trying to do with India is talk about where she feels the emotions in her body. Because often she would be upset about something and she would explain it as feeling sick. But she'd have no, like, symptoms of actually being ill. Yeah. Um, so then we started talking about, you know, how she might feel nervous and her, you know, like, how it might feel in her stomach or, you know, like, maybe something feels more like in your heart. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you actually physically feel emotions. So I think that's been an interesting path with her to try to talk about, like, where you, she's physically feeling things, too, mm. um, and help her give words to her her emotions that way as well. Mm. Do you think your kids are deliberately vulnerable with you or just inherently all the time vulnerable given their no, precious little state? No, I actually think, um, <laughs> well, they're, di they're, they're very different in that regard. So Imogen is very, um, just everything's out there. Like, you know, <laughs> you know how she feels about you at any given second. Um, and actually something cool that she does, she is very good at drawing and loves drawing. So if she doesn't feel like she would like to tell you about how she's feeling, she will draw um, elaborate drawings. Oh, there's, yes. There's one right here, actually. Excellent. Maybe you can take a picture and like put it in the show notes. <laughs> I was um, wondering about this morning <laughs> at the table. It looks like she's got um, boxing gloves on. Uh... <laughs> Her hair is on fire, maybe, and there's like little breaking hearts. There's all lots over of the broken bay. hearts. Um, I don't know who this is. Is this is this you or is it, that's India probably? So it's you. There's usually multiple people in the photo, the picture, and usually by the time you resolve the situation, you'll get a oh, second that, one. Oh, that's the okay. second one. Yeah. So this is um, the first one is probably something with Chris. Like Chris probably said no <laughs> to like buying a new game or something. That's often what it is. Um, <laughs> so this is there's probably Chris in the corner. Yeah. This maybe is like me or India. I don't know. There's somebody else involved. Strong um, Asian influence. In whatever on, happened. On little face. <laughs> and her feelings that are obvious, angry rage. feelings. It is absolute rage. And then it's there's, all red. <laughs> there's a second photo okay, or drawing um, with like a heart. And I think these are uh, fireworks and heart-shaped heart balloons. balloons. <laughs> and like her and daddy. And they're smiling and like in love again. So. Oh. And um, that's how we deal with conflict with Imogen. I'm so excited for her to fall in love <laughs> one day and just like pass I hope she does. Yeah, I hope she draws <sighs> it all. Oh. Um, just wears her heart on her sleeve. Yeah, so she's very open about her feelings and being vulnerable. 
Um, I think India is the opposite. I think she tries to keep it in and hide mm. it as much as she possibly can. Mm. Um, once you open the door with her, it she just will like lay it out on the line, everything. But you kind of always have to break through that shell first um, before she'll really open up. I just love the um, the little tidbit about how you've been working with the girls to... Uh, just like let's talk about this like let's mm. talk about this and how um, India very tech savvy and <laughs> quite literate these days um, will text you hey when you get a second can we talk one on one yeah <laughs> I love that yeah. uh, <laughs> which is great like it took me a long time um, and I really had to work at getting her to want to kind of have that one on one time and to mm. ask for it because I'm not necessarily the best at like making that one-on-one time happen with her mm. um i think with like with two kids there's not i mean it's probably worse with more kids um but you know it's just i, I always have to be with both of them it's hard mm. to kind of take you know just time with one of them and leave the other one you know by themselves or whatever um yeah. but yeah she's been really good about asking for that time yeah so speaking of time uh and your relationship with India in that regard. What do you think is, how does somebody who is maybe wanting to be vulnerable, um, how does somebody create this space to be vulnerable? What's the recipe? Mm. Um, you know, as generic as possible, but specifics are also fine. Yeah. Um, if you're the one who wants to be vulnerable, like, yeah, do you want yeah. to, like, so share? So like, yeah, so it's like, okay, you know, six, like, 6 to 8 p.m., those are the magic vulnerability hours, <laughs> and, like, that, you know, step one, step two, here's the kind of vibes that you're trying to create, here are the tools in your tool belt. Mommy. Oh, here we are. Hello, Imogen. <laughs> Hi, Imogen. Can I please have something to eat? Um, why don't you ask Daddy? Or just, like, wait 20 minutes. <laughs> or get something yourself. <laughs> oh, she can't reach the applesauce. I'm going to reach the applesauce. Okay. <laughs> applesauce break. Applesauce break. Hey, which one do you want? That kind. That kind? Okay, here you go. Oh, India's texting me. <laughs> <laughs> where did she? See? She, she probably... <laughs> there's not a dull moment mm-hmm. where Jen is not required, as you can tell. Oh, yeah, she's, to... she's asking for money. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a separate conversation. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, so if I was to try to, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like, I guess the, the parallel I would run with it is, like, like a romantic setting, like, Mm. to think about what would make a romantic setting, like, people would say, like, candles, um, a round table, not a square table, uh, Leon Bridges in the background, (laughs) like that, like, you know, it's so cliche and I'm not saying that's how you create a romantic space, but like Mm. people would say that's how you do it. Um, so how does somebody create a vulnerable space that they can be vulnerable with? Um, I think don't be afraid to ask some, you know, like India, it's like, Mm. um, before you even kind of get to the vulnerability part, it's okay to kind of ask somebody for time. Um, I think you'll find that a lot of people are willing to kind of give you that time and space um, when you do ask for it. Mm. Um, I definitely think that one-on-one is better or like, you know, two or three people that you're comfortable with if it's a you know space you trust is easier to open up in than trying to like open up in front of a larger kind of group. 
Um, mm. It's definitely riskier, I guess. Not that it shouldn't happen and that you can't create spaces with more people. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely easier if it's a smaller group or one-on-one. Um, I don't know. And I think, like, if it fails with one person, like, if you get a reaction that's that's not ideal, um, don't let that stop you from trying again mm. with somebody else. Mm. Kind of, and, and you don't have to be, like, that person... You don't have to write that person off either. You can kind of just go, okay, like... That person didn't get it, but that doesn't mean that they're like a bad friend or that they won't be there for you another time. It just means that in that instance, they weren't what you needed. And um, that doesn't mean they don't love you or, you know, any of that or that you're unlovable. It just means that they weren't ready to deal with that. And and if you keep trying, you will find somebody Mm. who will respond well to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh... I think that's a whole other podcast episode coming up about like creating spaces, but like I find just kind of leaving the orbit of the ordinary space Mm -hmm. really goes a long way. Like just going out to eat or going out to this or that, or like even like a road trip with somebody, it's like, you know, all of a sudden we have eight hours together or whatever, but just, it's kind of like. You've, you've broken that kind of like routine space of it all. And, yeah. That's something I actually get really hurt by is if, um, if that, if when I'm trying to be, uh, really vulnerable, when that like space gets interrupted, whether it's, you know, like by other people or just, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you run out of time or whatever, like, and it, I don't, you know, that's not something like people are doing to hurt me. Like, I don't blame people for that, but it just... I always feel really like, oh, like, that's really unhelpful (laughs) when that, like, space gets interrupted. Mm. Yeah, and it is is kind of like a sacred, uh, like, sacred space Mm. when when there is that, um, yeah, when you feel comfortable sharing something with somebody that's a risk and they're, they're, like, fully there or fully embracing what's going on or you, uh... Yeah, that's just, I don't know, that's, it's a special time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I feel like we pretty much mastered it, uh, <laughs> Vulnerability 101 with yeah. Jen. Is there, is there anything else that you want to add about vulnerability? I mean, we could talk for ages, but I think we would just open up a whole bunch of new topics. Yeah, that, Like, yeah. spin-offs. So, yeah, for, for the 101 course i think yeah we're pretty good yeah any t- any takeaways anything that you want to like reiterate or something that you hadn't thought about before um i don't know i think just to be willing to be open to trusting people and yeah and keep trying and and to know that um you know some people just have a hard time with you know empathy and and listening and um, or they're just not in in the right place in their life to be able to kind of take on, you know, what you're saying, mm. but that has nothing to do with you or your value or, mm. um, or what you need in that mm. moment. Mm. And I, uh, I'm still going to work on, uh, <laughs> feeling your feelings. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to explore some ice fishing, put some holes in the ice maybe. Uh, yeah, that's, and just. Like, I think um, being vulnerable to yourself is another layer. Like, mm. and we, we, we kind of 
glossed over it earlier, but just letting letting yourself value the things to be valued and listen to the things that your heart and your body are saying. And um, I have no idea how to make that happen, but I, I know, like, in theory, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's kind being, of like... <laughs> yeah, just being able to acknowledge things, like, is half the battle. Like, I was, mm. you know, I, I, like I said, I'm somebody who's going to feel the things very deeply, but, like... I know sometimes it's helpful to just go, okay, yeah, like I'm feeling really sad about that and that's just what it is and like we can move on just by being able to give like words to what, yeah, mm. to what you're really feeling. Mm. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, how do you want to end this episode? I really want Chris to sing. <laughs> Chris! <laughs> Don't transition well between activities <laughs> like this. Just say something about Jen. It's really nice. Jen is amazing. Jen, I underestimated Jen for uh, probably the first ten years of our marriage, and um, one of the great surprises of life, which should really teach me that things can improve rather than always get worse, is that uh, we have like a really great relationship now. When I start thinking that nothing is going to turn out in my life because, like, I lost my job and I just don't feel like I'm good at anything, I think, oh, I'm married to Jen. And then I feel a little bit better right there. So, like, all day yes. long, it's just like, oh, yeah, married to Jen. So, <laughs> you think I'm maybe being cheesy, but I'm not. That's, um, yeah. And I tell her I love her, and then she smiles. And then we go back to yelling at our kids. <laughs> Very articulately. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Tune in next week. <laughs>